Hello, my name's Sam Webster, and today we're going to talk about the anatomy of the ilium, ilium, I hear both, um, the last part of the small bowel, right, before I get going, let's let's start my timer, right, five minutes, we're going to talk about, you know, where it is, general anatomy stuff like um, its blood supply and innovation and lymphatic drainage, but how is it different to the other parts of the small intestine and the large bowel and that sort of thing, and we'll talk a bit about function, because the function is important, particularly if this part of the bowel is removed or not functioning properly. So, the small intestine runs from the stomach to the large intestine. Its main function is the absorption of nutrients. The first part is the duodenum that comes out of the stomach. And then we have the jejunum and then the ileum. The whole small intestine is about six meters longish in most people. And the ileum is about three fifths of that length. So it's about, you know, three meters or so long. Um, if the duodenum, we see stuff getting squirted together so that digestion really keeps going after the stomach and some absorption, and then the jejunum does most of the absorption job of taking the nutrients from the food and transporting them into the blood, the ileum then absorbs whatever still needs to be absorbed, but most notably, it absorbs vitamin B12 and bile salts. Now, bile salts are made in the liver. They're put in the duodenum. They go through the, the bile duct into the duodenum and they aid in fat digestion. But these are recycled by reabsorption. The bile salts are reabsorbed in the ileum. And if they're not reabsorbed in the ileum and they continue into the large colon, they have effects on the large colon so as to cause chronic watery diarrhea. So bile salts are reabsorbed in the ileum. Now vitamin B12 is particularly cool because it has, well, it's got a role in DNA synthesis, in red blood cell synthesis, in myelin production because it's crucial in the formation of one of the essential amino acids, methionine. So if the ileum doesn't absorb vitamin B12 for whatever reason, then you're likely to see anemia and neurological issues as myelin surrounds a lot of neuronal axons and help helps propagate signals along, right? So if there's no, not enough myelin, that's going to have effects on the nervous system. So the ileum is shockingly important, right? Um, there's no clear distinction between jejunum and ileum. It's more of a gradual change. And we see kind of like the, the same sort of structures in the ileum as we saw in the jejunum and elsewhere in the GI tract in that there are a number of layers. You know, we have the mucosa closest to the internal lumen. Um, that's where we see the epithelium and then a submucosa muscularis layers. We've got longitudinal and circular layers of muscle to help squeeze the contents along and then serosa layers holding it all together on the outside and that sort of thing. Inside the ileum, we see villi to increase the surface area of the, of the mucosa for maximizing absorption. Um, and the cells have microvilli on the surface to get their surfaces to again increase surface area. So very similar to other parts of the small intestine. The the sub, the mucosa is made up of a simple columnar epithelium, just like the jejunum. So here we see the enterocytes, those are the epithelial cells and goblet cells um, secreting mucus. Um, so it's you know it, we, it's it's pretty similar. The, the other difference that we see 
is we see payers patches. These are masses of lymphoid tissue found in the ileum. They're parts of the immune system that we don't see in the jejunum. This is this is what we call parts of the GALT, uh, the, the gut-associated lymphoid tissue. And the circular folds of Kirchring that we saw in the jejunum are less prominent here. But otherwise, it's pretty similar. So there's a gradual change from jejunum to ileum, but then it ends very suddenly where it meets the large bowel at the cecum, the first part of the large bowel. Uh, and there's a valve there, a one-way valve, the ileocecal valve, that only allows flow of the contents from the small intestine into the large intestine. Um, we find the ileum in the lower right quadrant of the abdomen, whereas we find the jejunum in the upper left quadrant. Um, all right, blood supply. Superior mesenteric artery. That supplies blood to most of almost the whole of the small intestine except for the first part of the duodenum so the superior mesenteric artery gives off maybe a dozen ileal branches that form arcades blood vessels that link up so you've got lots of anastomoses here and then vasa recta short straight arteries that supply blood to the ileum and the superior mesenteric vein then collects blood from the ileum all those nutrients and what have you in the same sort of arrangement but drains into the splenic vein and the inferior mesenteric vein will also meet these vessels so that all of the blood from the gut will pass oh there's my timer into the hepatic portal vein and then into the liver so those bile salts hey they go back to the liver cool um and lymphatics follow the arteries back to ileocolic lymph nodes and nodes near the aorta and that's about it except for innervation you know it's the same as elsewhere parasympathetic innervation is carried here by the vagus nerve sympathetic nerve fibers come from celiac and superior mesenteric plexuses at the aorta and follow arteries in but don't forget the enteric nervous system is largely managing what goes on in the gut but it can be affected by parasympathetic and sympathetic nerves from the brain anyway right that's it that's the anatomy of the ileum the pertinent parts in five minutes ish <laughs> <laughs>